Hey everybody, this is Cindy Fish. You are listening to the At His Feet podcast. I want to invite you today to set aside your whirlwind of busyness and mental to-do list to have a seat beside me at the feet of Jesus. Now let's pursue Him together. Thank you for listening. Hello, welcome to episode 13. Last week, I had my husband Taylor on and we talked about the blessings of God that we have seen in this week. We are just doing kind of a continuation of that and we're talking about some healings and the miracles of God that we have seen in our travels. The goal is is really just to encourage you and build your faith and just glorify God, tell some things that He's done that we have seen. In the middle of the episode, Abby woke up. Our kids were taking a nap, and Abby woke up screaming. So Taylor actually ended up finishing the episode for me. He did an incredible job. He told a couple more stories. So we told several stories of miracles that we have seen, and then he told how he prays for those miracles. It's basically an example of how you should pray to see these things or how you should believe to see these things. And he gives a lot of scripture examples, and it's really great. We are in Odessa, Texas this week, a great church here, and just having incredible revival. The last, last th- well, we've been here three services so far, and each one, the altar has just, at the end of the service, the altar has just been packed. And this church knows how to pray, and they've just lingered in the altar, and it's it's been so powerful. It's been such a great revival so far. And really, this is just such a, a great church. So we are we're having a good time here and we're looking forward to the rest of the week. They have our youth retreat this weekend and we're really excited about being part of that. And um, on Sunday, we'll still be here too. So we have several more services with this great church and we are really excited. I won't share any more. We'll just get to it. Today, I'm here with my husband, Taylor, again. And uh, last week, we talked about the blessings of the Lord. And this week, we told you last week that we were going to talk this week about different miracles that we have seen. As we as we talk about these stories, I just want to preface it with this, that we are telling them to the best of our memory. We take uh, notes when these kind of things happen and in our phone or on paper, all these things. And sometimes we might get a detail wrong, but the main point of the story is correct. Uh, So I just wanted to say that in case maybe you're listening and you were there for this or you know someone that we're talking about, we're saying it the best that we can remember. We may miss a detail or get one detail wrong. but Right, as far as the the minute things of it. But the general miracle of it is going to be correct in everything that we say. We're just saying it to the best of our memory. I have a um, I have a Bible at home. I don't carry with me, but in the back of that Bible, it has several note note pages, and I have written many of the miracles that we've seen over the years. It's pretty crazy at this point. We've seen the Lord do so many crazy things that sometimes, you know, I don't even get to write everything that's happened, or when I go back and look. Like, oh my goodness, I forgot that even happened, you know. Yeah. We've just seen the Lord work in such a mighty way. Really, we're just doing this episode for a couple reasons. Number one, to to build your faith. I know there's a lot of negative that's happening. I know there's a lot of people going through a lot of things right now. 
And we're doing this, number one, to, to build your faith. And number two, to glorify the Lord. Number three, we're doing it so that you can see miracles in your life. You can increase your faith and you can kind of piggyback off our faith and uh, see a miracle yourself. Right. Also, um, I should say this. If you are new to the podcast and haven't been listening or maybe you don't know us well, I I want to share how we've seen these miracles and how it's all different places is that we evangelize on the road full time. And so when we go different places, there's different needs. And God just has used our ministry to meet those needs and to, to do these miracles. Sometimes we come back home and I'll tell different friends of these miracles. And I can't tell you how many times people have said, I've never seen something like that. You know, our, our church, we have an incredible church, and, and things happen all the time at our church. But, you know, sometimes those big, notable miracles, uh, I've had people say, I want to see that. And really, that's why I asked Taylor if he would come on and share these things, because I know that people are hungry to see these things. You know, and for those people that say, man, you know, I, I don't see them kind of miracles happen or uh, I want to see that. Or, you know, a lot of times uh, what, what I think is so powerful about this is a lot of times we don't even see it happen. I think it's real powerful. A lot of times if I preach about miracles, you know, my bishop, Bishop Douglas White, has always taught us that you get what you preach. So if, you know, you feel like the Lord wants to do miracles, you need to preach miracles. If you feel like the Lord wants to fill people with the Holy Ghost that night, you need to preach Holy Ghost, you know, and uh, I'm a firm believer you get what you preach. And a lot of times after I'm done preaching, after the altar service, I'll say, you know, make sure you get with your, uh, make sure you get with your pastor, your pastor's wife, if the Lord has touched you. You know, a lot of times when the Lord does these things, um, a lot of times it just kind of goes silent. Nobody says anything. And a lot of people don't testify about it. So, I think that a lot of times um, that's one of the main reasons God doesn't do more miracles or we don't see more miracles is because when he does do them, we're, you know, we're really silent. <laughs> and in the Bible days, like you see the, the man in Acts 3 when, um, when he's, the lame man is healed, that he takes off running through the temple and he's shouting at the top of his lungs. Yeah. You know, uh, What could they have done with a social media or Facebook or I know sometimes that uh, there's different people that said different things to me about, you know, posting uh, uh, different things that the Lord has done. Uh, I always do that. Uh, I always try to, to post the miracles and things that happen because there's so much negative that happens out there. And I just want, want people to know that this is a, this stuff is, is still real. Now, the first thing I want to talk about is the difference between a healing and a miracle. just want to say it's just as easy for the Lord to do a miracle as it is a healing. Uh, but I believe sometimes we don't see a instantaneous miracle because uh, a lot of times our lack of faith and our belief level, um, for some reason we think it's harder for God to do a instant miracle than it is for it to be a long, drawn-out process. And I know that God chooses to do miracles um, over healings or healings over miracles at different time for different people. That's not my department. That's that's his department. Right. But um, I, I just want to encourage everybody to, to increase your faith to see these things. The difference between a healing and a miracle, a healing is, is typically a process. It may be 
Uh, it may be over over a day, maybe over a week, maybe over a month, maybe over a year. Uh, a healing is something that uh, when God touches someone, they just gradually get better, better, and better. A lot of times, if, if someone's healed, I've seen it where someone had an injury or something, and the doctor said, well, it takes six six months to heal or six weeks to heal or whatever, and it happened faster because, you know, they were prayed for. You know, that's that's the result of a healing. I want to just kind of give you an example of something that we've seen that was just absolutely incredible, a, um, a healing that that happened while we were preaching a revival. We were in a revival in Generette, Louisiana. And while we were there, there was a man there by the name of John Landry. And uh, he makes incredible pies. I don't know if he's listening, but if he is, he makes incredible pies. And uh, But at this time, he was, he was blind, and he had been blind for a very long time. Um, he wasn't blind his entire life, but he... Uh, Later, he told me that he had he had bad vision growing up, and it just gradually got worse, worse, and worse until he was completely and totally blind. Well, I went into this service, and we were preaching there, and I'd, I'd actually preached on, on miracles that night. And there were several people across the front that were testifying of healing or, or miracles that happened in their body. There, Many of them testifying, shouting, and saying, man, the pain's gone, the pain's gone. Well, I looked in the back and there was this there was this man sitting towards towards the back row and he had uh, the big thick black glasses on somebody had let him in he had a walking cane this man was blind and uh, I, I remember I was sitting there I saw him and I just really felt the quickening in my spirit and if, if God's healed all these people why are we not praying for that guy you know and uh, there's a lot of times uh, there's a lot of times that uh, we don't pray for someone that has such a extreme, severe issue that everybody knows about. It's easy to pray for somebody that has a, you know, has a need that nobody can see. But, right, like uh, knee pain or something. Yeah, absolutely. But when it's a blind man, you think, oh man, what if, what if it doesn't happen? Well, that's that's really the main reason I believe that a lot of times it doesn't happen because we're so worried about our reputation how we look if it doesn't happen that we're not bold enough to step out on faith and just lay hands on somebody and believe but he was back there and I called him up and I laid hands on him and I'll just tell you um, I had I had the faith to see it happen right there and I believed with everything in me that God was about to open this man's eyes well I'm telling you, I prayed my biggest prayer. <laughs> I, I was uh, I was the prophet on the top of Mount Carmel calling fire down, you know, in the name <laughs> of Jesus. I'm, I'm crying out, you know, open these eyes in Jesus' name, you know. And, uh, you know, they led him back to his chair and absolutely nothing happened. And, uh, you know, God had done great things that day, but I was like, man, okay. All right, God, I tried, you know. And that's really the way we've got to look at it. If we're going to see more miracles and and more healing God do things we've got to be okay when God doesn't do it you know and we can't we can't feel the pressure or we can't blame ourselves because at the end of the day we're not the healer right or we're not the miracle worker but what's so cool is God touched that man at that altar something happened at that altar and uh, what was so cool is it, something happened that nobody even realized and I'm not even sure if he even realized it but the next morning at 4 a.m., 
he set up in his bed. He set up in his bed, and uh, he called one of the brothers in the church. And the brother answered and said, "Brother, are you okay?" He said, "Yeah, I am okay. I- I'm doing great." He said, "I just," uh, he said, "I just looked at the alarm clock, and I can see the alarm clock. It's 4 a.m." Well, the man was. Of course, he was rejoicing. I'm sure he wasn't too thrilled about getting caught at 4 a.m. But what was so cool is we had, we had a revival service the next night. And this man, he walks in, and uh, it wasn't an instantaneous thing. He didn't get healed in the moment when we were laying hand, or he didn't get a miracle in the moment that we were laying hands on him. But God did start a healing process. And that man walked in the next night. He still had his dark glasses on, but at this point, nobody was leading him around. And um, everybody's mind was blown, you know, because he was blind yesterday, you know. Yeah. And uh, it was so powerful. Well, his he told me his eyes were still sensitive, but uh, but he could still see. Uh, he could see now. You know, we went back a, f- uh, a few months later, and then he was on the front row, and he wasn't wearing glasses at all, you know, and the... He had went to the doctor, and the doctor said it was absolutely impossible. There was no way that this was reversible. There's no way that his eyes should have grown better. It was just an, just a huge, a huge testimony of God's healing power, and uh, it was a gradual thing, right. you know. And it doesn't make it any less, you know, powerful to shout about and rejoice about what a what a work of God. He was completely blind, and now today the man's seeing and is running his own pie business. It's just incredible to me. Yeah. And uh, and they're good pies, so that's incredible too. <laughs> but the the difference in a healing in America, as I told you about a healing, it's a process as it did brother as it happened for Brother Landry. A miracle is something that happens instantly. A miracle is ha- is something that happens instantaneous. And, uh, you know, we're going to tell a, a few stories of healing and miracles because I think some of these are kind of mixed up. But uh, I just want just to challenge somebody to believe for the miraculous because He is still the God of the suddenly. You know, the Bible says in Acts 2, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, filled all the house they were sitting, appeared unto them, Cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They can speak with other tongues, and the Spirit gave the utterance. Just as that miracle happened suddenly. Remember, when you receive the Holy Ghost, suddenly. You know, it's just as easy for God to do a miracle in someone's body and give a miracle to someone that has a broken arm or somebody that has cancer. It's just as easy for that to disappear in a moment as it was when he filled you with the Holy Ghost in a moment. Because that's what happened. When you were filled with the Holy Ghost, it happened. Boom. God filled you with the Holy Ghost. And it was a miracle. The greatest miracle that's ever happened. If you're listening if you're listening on this podcast, you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I want to challenge you to go after it. Uh, it's, it's the greatest miracle that can ever happen for any of us. Uh, one miracle that it's probably one of my favorite that we've seen, just because... It's awesome. Okay, so I'll just start. We were in Smithville, Tennessee, in a revival, and at the end of many times, at the end of his service, Taylor calls up 
the congregation, you know, and he leads them in uh, a miracle service. And so what what he often does is he tells them to come up and lift their hands and tell God their need and all that stuff, you know. So this man comes up and his arm, he had hurt it on the job. And workers comp, you know, did they did a surgery, but the surgery made it worse. And so then his arm was really drawn up. Almost like in a sling. Was it in a sling? Yeah, it was, a, it was drawn up in a sling. Yeah. It was a rotator cuff issue. Yeah, so it was drawn up in a sling. He was really, really messed up. So what the job did after the surgery went bad, basically they gave him a settlement. And a settlement sounds great. You know, it was a good amount of money, but it wasn't enough to live on for the rest of his life because this wasn't an old man. Um, so they gave him a settlement and then they were like, I'm sorry, we can't help you basically like, see you later. So he's really in a bind and he comes up and he, um, Taylor says to lift his hands. He did lift both of his hands, right? Yeah. I, I just told the congregation, uh, it was a time for response to lift your hand. I said, lift your hands and, and respond and receive your miracle. Yeah. So he, he, as he was lifting his hands, he just lifted it, like, little by little by little, right? Yeah, and it completely stretched out. And uh, and God did a miracle in him. But uh, So full range of motion was back. Everything was perfect. I remember they said he went outside after service and tried to, like, strain and pick up a car, like, making sure that that rotator cuff wasn't messed up anymore. And I thought that was so funny. But he was just making sure, like, is this thing working, you know? But the coolest thing to me is that after God did that miracle, he went back to the doctor, back to work, and he got rehired. So now he's working again. So not only did God do the miracle, but God also gave him that settlement, which was an incredible (laughs) blessing. And then workers' comp saw, you know, there are medical records to prove everything that happened. You know, clearly this is a miracle, and um, what happened before was proven so you get to keep the settlement and you get to come back to work and so I think that is the coolest thing because God didn't just do a miracle and turn a bad situation around for good he actually used that injury and you know how scary of a time was that for him to think what in the world am I going to do for the rest of my life but God used it in the biggest way to bless him bless his family it was so powerful and I remember during you know during that revival, there were several miracles that happened. And one night, they were, we were testifying of the different miracles that had happened. And um, it was like the last night of the revival. And Brother Cornelius, he was just kind of saying, you know, this has happened. This means God and the Holy Ghost, you know, pointing different people out. And uh, there was a lady in the back that um, she just kind of waved at us. And uh, he said, did you receive a miracle? And she said, no. She said, I've got... I've got made. I've got major pain in my arm, and I and I can't lift it up. He said, "All right, well, come up here." Well, we prayed for, her and God did a miracle for her right there, and she began to lift her hand up. Yeah. So it was just just one of them incredible, incredible weeks. But we were just there in August, and I asked for the Cornelius. I said, "You know, is that guy still working? How, you know, how's his arm?" He said, "Yeah, it's still good." So just amazing that God. This, that was over two years ago. God still kept him and. Uh, really just just a straight up miracle there's another church that we preach at in Ilsley, Kentucky and 
uh, I can't say enough good things about this church. We've been there. Uh, we've been there the last several years. Uh, I've I've got to preach for them uh, every March for uh, like the last six years. It's been incredible. But uh, during this time, going back several times, we've seen some some major miracles happen. And uh, I'll go through through these really quick. Uh, but there's there's several miracles I want to touch on. One of them that happened there was uh, there was a brother there that um, he had he had got in a very uh, very bad accident uh, in a zero turn lawnmower. I can't even imagine how that works out, but he um, somehow had had turned over on this uh, with this thing and had some some major shoulder issues and major nerve pain. Actually, the nerve pain was so bad that I remember going to that church and they had brought a recliner into this church so that he could he could sit in this recliner every service like they uh, they moved it all the way up to the third row, like where his pew was. They just put it there. And uh, but I remember one service, the Holy Ghost was moving and we began to lay hands on folks and we went we went to him. We laid hands on him. God healed that man. And uh, God gave that man a miracle in in a moment. It was incredible. And um, several things has happened at church. Once one uh, story I want to tell is there was a there was a boy uh, by the name of Lucas, and uh, I think he was nine at the time. He's a lot older now, but yeah, he had been in a ATV accident, and. I remember that service. I was I was walking up the middle aisle and I was preaching. I looked over, and he had this cast on. I don't remember all the details, but what I do remember is that I I felt to pray for him, and I went to pray for him. I went to lay hands on him before I did. His dad said he said Lucas he had a bad ATV accident, and between his wrist and his arm bone, there is about a three inch gap of just crushed powdered bone and uh, just a horrible deal they were gonna have to do reconstructive surgery on it well i just felt in that moment that god wanted to do something god wanted to do a miracle we laid hands on him right there and and god began to touch him well this was on a wednesday night and two days later he would he was supposed to go into surgery i remember that friday morning me and my me and my wife we were praying in the hotel room and we said, let's let's bind together for Lucas. We know he's going into surgery today. I, I really believe that God's touched him. Well, he went in there, and the doctor, uh, the doctor, they they put him under anesthesia and all that stuff. And his, you know, his dad says, you know, what? I I want you to I want you to do another X-ray. And they're like, what do you mean do another X-ray? We, you know, we we know how the surgery's going to go. Everything's going to be fine. He and. Uh, Brother Kyle Rambo says no. He said, "I want you to, I want you to do an, uh, another X-ray. We we really believe that the Lord's touched him." And uh, the doctor was a little bit annoyed, but went ahead and did it. And uh, the doctor came out, came back, shaking his head, and he said, "I don't know what has happened." He said, "But all I know is that 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 bone has grown three inches <laughs> and filled that gap. It was just a miraculous." Miraculous deal got from a Wednesday to a Friday. God caused that bone to grow three inches, and he did not have to go back into surgery that day. God had touched him. Just incredible. And there's one more, too, uh, from that place. 
and Ilsley. Uh, we don't know every detail about this, but we do remember the main parts. We were in a revival service. It was a different revival, a different time that we had come back, and there was another young man, um, Brayden, and he had hearing aids. In times past when we came, he didn't have them, and then this time when we went, he did. And so that was something we had said, like, I wonder what happened, you know, what's going on, whatever. So, But in the middle of his service, Taylor went over, I don't know what he said or anything, but he laid hands on him and prayed for him and um, got the church to pray and just, you know, uh, believe that God was about to do a miracle for this boy's ears. So basically when he was a little bit younger, he had, I think this is what they said, maybe been out playing and put rocks in his ears. Kids do those kind of things. And, um, And basically his hearing had just really rapidly declined. And so he was needing these hearing aids. You know, they spent a lot of money on these hearing aids. And um, they they were really cool color and everything. He was so proud of them. But Taylor laid hands on him and the whole church prayed and believed for a miracle. And at the end of it, he said, he said, my hearing's better. I can hear, you know. So, so his hearing was better. But the thing is, is that as a mom, you know, uh, his mom was like, well, let's go back to the doctor, which is good because he, if he needed those, she wanted to make sure with the doctor's test that everything was okay. And so when it came time to go to the doctor, they went, the doctor did the test, um, and they did the test actually multiple times. And at the very end of it, she told his mom, his hearing wasn't supposed to get any better. It was supposed to get gradually worse, but it's actually perfect now. And she said, there's no way he could fake this test. There's no way that he could, you know, just know the right answers or whatever. So we thought that was incredible that God did a miracle um, for both of those two boys. Uh, it was really neat. And they were both around that same really young age. Another miracle that I want to tell about that really stands out to me is is one that happened when we were preaching in Michigan. We um, we were there and in that service, it was just another one of them services. Um, you know, faith was high, and um, honestly, one thing that made this miracle so cool is that I didn't even know that this lady had this need. But she was. Uh, everybody in the church knew that she had it. A lot of times when I go in to a church, I mean, I don't I don't ask about all the needs and all the situations and. All of that, but this lady had uh, she had crooked feet and had crooked feet for a very long time. I think they said for over fifteen years that her feet were crooked. Well, we had we had worshipped God and we had had a great sir uh, we had a, had a great worship service. And after the preaching, um, I just began to build faith and we spoke the word of faith. And that woman. Uh, she was over there in in the back corner, and God healed her feet. Her her feet straightened out immediately. And uh, what was so cool is God did it so fast; she didn't even realize it happened. And after service, I was sitting in the uh, I was sitting in the pastor's office. And she came by, and um, one of the sisters was walking with her, and she said, "Oh my goodness, look at your feet." And uh, they looked at her feet, and everybody just started shouting there in the in the hallway right outside the pastor's office. We ran outside because we saw saw some commotion, but it's because that God had done a miracle 
for that lady. And uh, it, it was it's so awesome. She had dealt with it for over 15 years. That just kind of show you how, how shows you how God works. I know in the Word we we see different people who had have dealt with issues for long amounts of time. We know the woman with the issue of blood dealt with her issues for over 12 years. We know that blind Bartimaeus had been blind from birth. We we know there's people in the Bible that dealt with things for for several years and God still met the need. That's exactly the case in this. It really doesn't it, maybe you're listening today and you have a issue that you've dealt with for a long time. I want to tell you you can receive a miracle. I believe there's a miracle for you and uh, that the Lord's led you this podcast to listen to this. But I want to tell just a few more. Uh, one that that happened very recently is we were preaching in JS, Mississippi for Brother Gary Robinson. And um, I actually did not know about this until uh, we had came, we came back six months later. And uh, this we just got this testimony like last month. So I want to tell it's real top of the mind. But this lady, she she approached me, and she said, "I said, Brother Taylor, she said, I want to, I want you to know, I uh, that last time you were here, the Lord really touched me, and I think it's always cool because you never really know what all the things that God has done in in a service. Uh, you never really know all the things God has done, and um, it was pretty powerful because she came to me. She said, "I I came up and I begin to tell God what I need." And a lot of times I'll do that. I know a lot of times as, um, you know, as someone that's praying for someone, a lot of times we think we need to know uh, what someone's dealing with or what someone's going going through. And that's not always the case. Um, you know, the beauty is that if we pray in the Spirit, the Bible says that we can pray the will of God that and that He will offer intercession for us. So I don't need to know all the details. You know, a lot of times when people are praying for people, they want to know all the details before they start praying. And that's really not necessary um, as long as you just, when you're praying, you pray that effectual, fervent prayer, and you have high faith. I believe that God can do anything even beyond our understanding. But this lady had been dealing with chronic back and neck pain. Basically, the doctors had referred her to um, get professional massages every day for four years. And um, I know, you know, you're thinking, man, that'd be awesome to be get a, get a massage every day for four years. But the bottom line is she did this because the pain was so intense. And uh, she said in that moment, she lifted her hands and she began to tell God about it. Faith was high. We spoke the word of faith. We began to believe. And God gave her a miracle there, right there in that moment. Just amazing what the Lord had done. But for those of you that are that are hungry to see these kind of things, um, those of you that are hungry to see these kind of miracles uh, happen in, in your ministry, in your life, uh, whether it's... Uh, whether it be receiving them kind of things or or praying uh, praying for them kind of things to happen. I just want to tell you, if I give you one word of advice, you got to understand that nothing happens until you do. That's such a big deal. You know, so many times in the Word of God, God is what God is waiting on man to do something. You know, He puts Ezekiel before the valley of dry bones, and He's like, I'm about to raise up this army. But he's like, I'm not doing it until you start speaking, Ezekiel. You know, uh, there's so many instances in the Word of God where God just waits on man. You look at the beginning of Mark, chapter number one, before Jesus 
even you know comes himself and starts his earthly ministry, we see that the Bible says that uh, there was a voice crying out in the wilderness. John the Baptist began to cry out, you know, there's one coming after me who is mightier than I whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. That was in, in, I think, Mark 1 and 7. Well, then in Mark 1 and 9, Jesus steps on the scene. So it's just kind of powerful that God waits on you and God waits on me. And a lot of times, um, I believe the reason some of these things don't happen and we don't see them is because God is waiting on you to speak in, uh, waiting on you to pray that kind of prayer. Romans 10 and 8, Paul says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The word of faith is something that's talked about a lot, but I want to make it very simple. Um, the Bible says that the word of the, that the word is nigh thee. What's that mean? That means it's very close to you. You know, you have the ability to speak that. It says The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. So where's the miracle at? It's behind your teeth. You know, it's behind the closed mouth. God is waiting on you to speak out and pray that kind of prayer. If it helps anybody, I'll just kind of tell you my process. When I feel like the Lord wants to do a miracle, I will, I'll lay hands on somebody. I'll close my eyes and I'll, I'll just use my mind to focus. Like, like, let's say I'm, I'm praying for a heart issue. Or, uh, you know, I'm praying for somebody, uh, an issue in somebody's body. I'll focus in my mind. I'll imagine that I'm seeing someone's heart. I know this is elementary, but I'm just going to tell you, this is how faith works. And, and as I'm praying, I'll, I'll imagine, I'll, I'll visualize that in my mind that it is getting better, you know. And many times in that moment, God begins to heal it. A lot of times you've got to see it in your mind before you can see it actually happen. That's faith. When you, whenever you begin to use that imagination to, uh, whenever you begin to use that imagination to work for someone else, you know the imagination is a powerful thing. Paul talked about casting down imaginations. Uh, I want to tell you, if a, uh, imagination can hurt you an imagination can help you if used right so a lot of times i'll lay hands on somebody and i'll imagine you know that i'll imagine in my mind as i'm praying that god is doing it i'll do my best to you know picture it in my mind and many times god begins to do that whether it's a whether it's a arm uh, growing three inches i'll imagine it you know whether it's a Ears being healed, I'll, I'll imagine them ears opening up. Whether it's eyes being open, I'll imagine them eyes, you know, coming open and, and being able to see. Uh, but Paul, but Paul said, the word of faith is even in thy mouth. You know, a lot of people say, I believe that. A lot of people say, I believe that a miracle ministry is for you know some old prophet of God or for. Some old person that prays 24 hours a day. Listen, bottom line is, is Paul said it's in your mouth. You got to go after it, you know. So I just want to challenge somebody to uh, to understand that faith speaks. Faith is not silent. Faith is not just imagination, but faith is very vocal. Whenever 
whenever we see Jesus praying for someone, we never saw him beg for something to happen. There's a prayer that we've got to get out of our vocabulary if we're going to see miracles. And uh, I've seen this and I've heard this prayed so many times. And they, I've, I've seen him say, Lord, if it's your will, let him be healed. Or Lord, if it's your will, let, let there be a, a miracle that happens. Well, two things. First of all, I don't believe it's, it's really the will of God for, uh, for his people to just be sick and messed up all the time. I don't believe that. Um, Jesus' ministry was miracles. Jesus' ministry was doing miracles and saving souls. And in the kingdom of God, there is no pain. We see that when we get when we get to heaven. There is no pain. There is no sickness. Everyone is made whole. Jesus said to the disciples to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So We've got to get it out of our vocabulary saying, well, Lord, if it's your will, let them be healed. No, remember, the word of faith is nigh unto thee, even in thy mouth. We have to pray like Jesus prayed. How did Jesus pray? He spoke directly to issues. He didn't beg for anything to happen. He told blind eyes to be open. You know, he told deaf ears to be open. He told people to get up out of bed that were sick. The Bible says that Peter and John, they're on their way to the hour of prayer. And while they're on their way to the hour of prayer, there's a lame man there. And the Bible says that the lame man is saying alms, alms for the poor. Simon Peter looks at him and says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And you know what he did? He spoke to the issue. Directly, He didn't say, Lord, if it's your will, let this man be healed. No, he had just been filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts 2. He had just had an upper room, upper room experience. He had just seen 3,000 people be baptized in Jesus' name. He was on a spiritual high, you know. So he didn't have some cop-out prayer, Lord, let this happen if it's your will. No, he knew it's not the will of God for this man to be messed up like this. In the name of Jesus Christ, Rise up and walk. And the Bible says immediately his feet and his ankle bones receive strength. That's exactly how miracles happen. They happen when we speak directly to needs, directly to situations. If you're praying for someone that has, has a headache, you need to lay hands on them and say, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command this headache to go. And picture in your mind that it's leaving, that it's walking out the door. You know, I know that's elementary, but I want to tell you, the supernatural is supernatural. But there's a lot of things that we can do to make it simple. I want to tell one more miracle that happened. And this happened in a place that's, in my opinion, the most special place in the world to me and uh, and my family. And that is at Abundant Life of Silsby. Um, and not just at Abundant Life of Silsby, but also in the VSM, Veritas Student Ministries Youth Room. It happened upstairs. Me and my, me and my wife, we, um, we youth pastored there. I, I was there for a total of six and a half years youth pastoring um, different stages. First, I was on the youth team, and then, we became, then I became student pastor. But total, I was there for about six and a half years on the youth team. But now it's youth pastored by some great folks that allow us to preach 
a youth revival um, and stay in contact, stay connected for the last two years. It's really been incredible. Some incredible things happened, some incredible services. But two years ago, I was preaching for, uh, I was preaching there in the BSM youth room, and there was a young man that they had, they had heard of different miracles that had happened, and um, the, the dad brought his son up and said, you know, we've heard of the miracles that's happened in your travels and stuff, and we want to see, we want to see a miracle for my son tonight. And I, asked, I said, what's going on? And they said, well, he has major heart issues. They're talking about having to do open heart surgery for him. This young man, I'm talking when he couldn't even walk from the car to the, uh, he couldn't walk from the parking lot to the front door of the church without being so fatigued and out of breath that he had to sit down. He had some major, major issues in his heart. His name was Malachi. And uh, this at this time, this boy was no older than 12, 13 years old. But I knew that the Lord wanted to do this miracle. I knew that he wanted to do it greater way than just me laying hands on someone. So uh, it was that student youth revival there. And we called him up. And I began to talk to the youth group about how we were going to pray. And I just told them exactly what I had talked to you about just a while ago. I told them, I said, we're going to we're going to all gather around and lay hands on Malachi. I said, I, this is what I want you to do. I want you to focus in your mind. I want you to see his heart in your mind. I want you to lay hands on him. And we're not going to beg God or ask God to do anything. We have the power. We have the Holy Ghost. We're just going to speak this into existence and let God do this thing. It, it was incredible. The youth group gathered around. We laid hands on him. We begin to pray. And uh, I mean, young people begin to say, in the name of Jesus, I command this heart to be healed. In the name of Jesus, I command these heart issues to cease. In the name of Jesus, I, we speak this into existence. And I'm telling you, God touched that boy. And uh, by the by the next service, his dad came and he was just so thrilled because Malachi was now playing outside and running all over the yard. God had miraculously healed this boy because young people gathered around him, laid hands on him, and spoke a word of faith. I want to tell everybody it's it's really that easy to see God do the miraculous in your world and through you. But all it all it takes is for you to increase your faith and make up your mind. I'm going to I'm going to pray the kind of prayers that will allow me to see that. What kind of prayer is that? The Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. What's that mean? Number one, I need to be right. I need to be where I need to be. Number two, I need to. I don't need to. Whisper. I don't need to pray a laid back prayer. I need to speak with authority and fervency to see God do a miracle, to see God do a miracle in somebody else's life. I hope that your faith has been built by some of the stories that we shared today. I hope that you um, have really been helped by some of the instruction that Taylor has given, some of the advice. Just want to end by saying thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next time.